four, lots of blood and gore. Five, six, Freddy's goofy tricks. Seven, eight, another deadly thing. Nine, ten, never podcast again. Good morning. Good morning. Um, uh, uh, Kruger family, mm-hmm. move that bus. Yeah. Extreme Makeover Home Edition. We're off to a wonderful start. Freddy's dead. Freddy's dead, the final nightmare. So, you know, you're listening to a podcast called the Macabre Podcast Universe. We exist to prove people wrong when they say sequels are never better than the originals. And we have been covering the pantheon that is the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Yes, we have been in one long, drawn-out dream. I'm not going to say nightmare, because it yeah. doesn't feel like one. Yeah, and and this week is the first week where you and I have watched a movie we haven't seen yeah. yet, yep. which is Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. Yep. And It was a doozy. It was a doozy. Now, this is a wild, wild movie, and... Um, I, I mean, here, here's been my, my whole thing the whole time is like, if he gets one good killing, then the movie's worth watching, and I kind of like it. And I, I don't really love this movie. Yeah. But he does get one good killing. Okay. So it's, it's right on the fence. I remember when I was logging in on Letterboxd, I was like, do I put a heart or do I not? I will never watch this movie again. And I will forget about it the moment we stop recording. Yeah, it was... And that's how I want it. It was not great, but we're gonna get into it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I guess we don't have any other business to attend to beforehand. This was our first time, so... This is our first time. Uh, Watched it on the album release date of my album. Mm -hmm. So this was the movie I watched before I went to Grant's Pass and played the album release show. And, uh, yeah, you know, the, uh, the, uh, Eden boys, Jeremy and Dan have interviewed the director of this movie. Really? That's cool. spoken with her. So if you want to know more about her, you can go to their podcast and, and listen to that. Cool. Um, but yeah, so here's what happened. Nightmare five comes out the dream child. Yep. And it's kind of disappointing. The box office isn't quite as strong. I mean, it still makes money. It still does okay. But but it just is not quite... It doesn't quite have the magic. And so everyone at New Line Cinema is just kind of like, you know what? This is, this is starting to wear itself out. We have some other franchises. Our studio is doing fine. And they say, what if we just did something final? And, like, came up with an idea where, like, Freddy will die and let people know this is the last one. Yeah. So there's a conclusion to this series. Now, obviously, this is not the last one. Mm-hmm. There are three more that we're going to talk about. Yeah. Very glad this isn't the last one. Yeah. It's not a very good ending. Um, so the, What's the difference in years between this one and the next one? Um, I am um, not sure. Are you I'll looking look it, up. it up? Yeah. I'm okay. Up. So, yeah, after the whimper of five, they wanted to make an event that assured people that it's the last one and three he would years. die. Three years. That's not that long. Okay. No, it's not. And so one of the producers at New Line, I think it was a producer. Um, I actually can't remember which person it was. Um, Pete uh, says, hey, I kind of know of this up-and-comer guy who I think would be kind of interesting to work on this project. 
And so that's the guy who plays John Doe, who doesn't even have an IMDb picture. John Doe. Are you talking about the main character? No. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, someone, they brought in someone to write this movie. Right. Sorry. Okay. And I, I won't tell you who it is yet. I'm going to keep you okay. guessing. Uh, but you, you can guess as I go. Wes so, Craven. No. <laughs> <laughs> so the, they, they bring in this guy and he starts working on the movie with his writing partner. And he has this idea. And this idea, I think, is really cool, actually. Like, this would have made a much better movie, I think. His idea is that the world of Freddy, Freddy Krueger, is like a laughingstock amongst people. And teenagers purposely go to sleep to, like, go into the world and, like, beat him up. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 And all yeah, this yeah, stuff. Yeah. And then one kid gets stuck in there and is stuck in Freddy world and he's in a coma. Which actually hasn't happened in any of these movies. We had yet. a kid in a coma, but yeah, we did. Yeah, and, and Dream Masters. Oh, we did. But I don't remember that. Yeah, um, the kid who couldn't talk. Oh wait, yes, yes, yeah. you're right. Um, Dream Warriors, right? Sorry, it's yeah. called Dream Masters. Oh no, it's Dream Master. Well, it's Dream. The Dream Warriors is three. I know, but one of them's called Dream Master. The Dream Master, yeah. yeah. Um, That's the fourth one. Right. Yeah. They, the, I mean, all of the, them have the subtitle with dream something because then it's the dream child. So it's really easy to confuse. So I think that that's a pretty cool idea. Yeah, that's interesting. And But but I guess the idea of like we're in his head rather than because, yes, someone had a coma. You're right to remember that. But but like we'd be like he's stuck in Freddy land. No, I think to that's out. great. And but instead someone came along and said, but what about this guy's? This move, this story <laughs> takes place 10 years in the future from the previous movie. Huh? I'm not done. It takes place in this town called Springwood and all the children are dying and parents go crazy. Huh? That's the movie. Yeah. So that person was Peter Jackson. What? Are you kidding me? <laughs> yes. That's bananas. What happened? So it just didn't work out. Who's his writing partner? I don't remember. Oh, okay. Um, but but at the same time, he had they had um oh my gosh, what is his name? They West had <laughs> uh, Man, that that would have been cool because um Peter Jackson like started in weird horror stuff. Well, yes. Yeah, so, so at the same time, they had Michael DeLuca ma- writing a script, which turns out to be this movie. Okay. And Rachel Talalee, who worked at New Line and had worked on the other movies, she is the director, and she had the story. Mm-hmm. So they're working on that at the same time. But, but what happens is, and they mention this in the documentary, is this establishes his relationship with New Line Cinema. And what is he going to oh, do with New Line cool. Cinema in just, like, ten years? Yeah, that's cool. Make Lord of the Rings. So, on the one hand, I would have loved to have seen his Nightmare on Elm Street movie. And it would have been still in his weird, like, puppet creature mm-hmm. feature yeah. phase. Yeah. I mean, I think I think he actually would have been really well-suited for this that's material. That's what I'm saying. But it's like, if it did happen, maybe we don't get Lord of the Rings. So, I don't want to live in that world. Yeah. But, uh... It's certainly interesting. Yeah, that's cool. I think, uh, well, no, I can't say that till, till next week's episode. But, yeah, so um, then here, here was something that was very, very weird that I found. 
So I'm watching this documentary, Never Sleep Again. And in this documentary, it it goes through every single movie. I've Mm -hmm. mentioned this several times on the podcast to kind of cite it. And it's just a great, great documentary. It tells you everything. And and anytime they cut to the actors, you know, it's just like how you imagine that looks when you are in a documentary and someone's talking to the camera. Yeah. But Leslie Dean, who is the the girl... Who um who fights who fights in this movie? It cuts to her, and it it, it was it was it's kind of like do your thing, but it it's so shocking because no one else in the documentary is like this. Full goth makeup, full like, and I I think she's in a band mm-hmm. as well. So she's full goth makeup. No, she definitely is, and like full goth stuff. And then there's like what I'm assuming is her lover sitting in front of her on the ground and she just kind of like has her her um like arm around her that person sitting on the ground and yeah, she's and, sitting and, in a chair yeah and the person is just kind of looking at the camera does not speak they don't address it nothing it's kind of strange and it was it was actually a little uncomfortable to watch it was it was very weird that's that's odd yeah Ooh, weird so I just kept looking at it and I was just like, I can't even believe, like I couldn't, I couldn't like wrap my head around what I was looking at because it was so odd. She was once a member of the Dallas Cowboys cheerleader squad Whoa. that was fired after six weeks for punching a choreographer. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's interesting. But anyway, so th- uh, that was very strange. Yeah. Um. Then now you and I, we've not seen. She, sorry, she was a member of the techno group Fem to Fem, not emo techno. Yeah, interesting. Um, you and I have never watched Twin Peaks. No, but uh, Twin Peaks came r- out around this time and is referenced in this movie. Yeah, and they literally like took influence from it. Now, from what I understand, with Twin Peaks, is David Lynch has such a specific vision. It's not like anyone can just make a show like that. I ask a dumb question that you're not going to know the answer to. Okay. That is just, that's about like a cold case. Yeah. I mean, it starts that way, but that's how it starts. I gotta I, watch it. Yeah. There's, there's elements of like fantasy and, and, uh, okay. Sci-fi. I think, I mean, it's like, there's like metaphors and allegories and all that stuff. I, I think there's an element of like, you don't know what's actually real and what's not. Do you want to watch it? Yeah. We've talked about it many times. Yeah. About but watching not in a it. long time, Micah. Yes, that's true. Uh, but yes, we do want to watch it. Okay. We've, we, we must, it's in our jar. Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> well, we got to watch West Wing first. It's in our TV jar that we made. But so, so when they were making this movie, they literally looked to Twin Peaks and they were like, let's kind of do some of that. Hmm. And I guess that informed them to make this more humorous and more Looney Tunes adjacent, according to England. Why don't you just make a Nightmare on Elm Street movie? I don't know. I mean, I do. I don't know why that they thought like that. That sounds like a bad choice. Yeah. Well, it turned out to be that. Um, and Alice Cooper played Freddy's father in the flashback, and I—that's on point. I didn't even recognize. <laughs> Wait. Him. Oh, seriously, in the movie? Yeah. I thought when he Stop beats him it. with the belt. That's. <gasps> that is Alice Cooper. Yeah. Whoa. I I thought it was um. I was yeah I was the trying guy to from Alien. 
Like one yes. of the guys from Alien? Yes, yes, yes. But No, yeah, you're right. That's him. They they asked Alice Cooper to be in it, and he said, only if I don't look anything like... Like, like I don't want to look like Alice Cooper. Uh-huh. You did a good job. What's Alice Cooper's real name? Alice Cooper. I don't know. I'm looking up for fun. Vincent Damon Fernier. That's a cooler name than Alice Cooper. I don't know. Alice Cooper's cool to me. Vincent's just a cool name. It is a cool name, but yeah. yeah. Um, and guess what? I was right about something. What? This movie has ten minutes of it that are in three D. Wow, that's crazy. So that sequence where um, whatever her face is puts it on, that is like okay, audience, put your three D glasses on. Okay, that's pretty cool. <laughs> and it was like it was a gimmick that they wanted to like make this movie set apart from the others. Yeah, it's a spectacle. I don't know. That's fun. Yeah, but that that is. Uh, I thought you had a big breaking thing on Freddy. Huh? Yeah, you said you learned something interesting. Oh, maybe you meant the movie. Peter Jackson. Oh, okay. Wasn't that good enough? No, that was good enough. I just I think you said Freddy, so I'm like, what happened to Robert in this movie? No, no, no. Well, I do have something with Freddy. What? I got one more in the chamber, and then you can go. What? Uh, they did a real-life funeral for Freddy Krueger when this movie came out. And there were, like, the stars. Oh, was, like, as press. Yeah. There were stars there. And... and why does horror always do the cool stuff? I don't know. I mean, I think we'll probably talk about it in our next episode, but I, I think uh, horror actually leads the way for a lot of movie making in ways that people don't usually recognize. Hmm. But that's not for this episode because crucial to that is New Nightmare. Yeah. Um, which which we totally didn't watch last night before we recorded this episode. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> so hit me with those actors. Okay, so Lisa Zane plays Maggie Burroughs. Um, she is also in The Nurse. Uh, sorry, The Nurse. Coriolanus, Bad Influence, Later Days, Chicago Justice, and more. Sean Greenblatt plays John Doe, so that's the guy who has amnesia. Oh, do they never? They never, they never specify who they he is. They just call him John because he doesn't <laughs> even know who he is. Okay, he's in Newsies, which I think that's what I recognize him from because he seemed a little familiar to me. But he also has a weird Jim Carrey thing going on for me. Well, you and I kind of talked about how he he has like. He he kind of looks like a mirror, like a distorted mirror image of what leading men look like. Well, the casting is all off on this movie. Yes. It's oh, bonkers. absolutely. He's also in Shadow Hours, Hardball, and a couple of other things. Leslie Dean, as you mentioned, plays Tracy. She's all she is in Dynasty, Midnight Ride, Pacific Blue, a lot of TV. Um, Ricky Dean Logan, the the kid with the hearing aid. He is in Back to the Future too. Really? He plays Data. Huh. Maybe that's probably one of uh, Biff's, like, crew, I bet. Hmm. Okay. He's he, also in... Oh, he, uh, he was he was going to be the lead in this movie, but when he read it, he he liked this part more. Oh, that's interesting. W- reacted to it better. He's also in Red Rooms, Psychotherapy, Los Angeles. He's in Blade Runner 2019. What does that mean? Oh, it's a short. Okay. <laughs> they got me. I clicked on it. <laughs> Um, and he's in a ton. I recognize this guy. I've seen him and stuff. Yeah. Brecken Meyer was real surprising. He plays Spencer. Um, I never. That guy's name is Brecken Meyer? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I never thought that we would talk about this guy. 
No. Uh, even with having two Garfield movies that we someday could talk about on Patreon. But mm. do I'm we really want to live in that we world? Could because there's two. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. Because um, this guy is forever John to me. Yeah. Because <laughs> Gilmore is eating this toy and it is driving me insane. It's loud. I hope it doesn't get picked up on the mics. But he plays John in uh, Garfield. Uh, he's also in Clueless and Road Trip and Rat Race. Some robot chicken and a ton of TV. Rat Race. I Yes. I think that's where I really knew him. Because I saw... I don't remember him being in Rat Race. Yeah. I think he's the lead, right? Really? Mr. Bean's in that movie. Yeah. Cuba Gooding Jr. This is like an ensemble movie, though. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's a remake of It's a Mad, 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 yeah. Mad, Mad, Mad World. You know that there's like three of those movies? Yeah. I've only seen one. Yeah. I've only seen one, too, but what's also weird is I think It's a Mad, Mad World is, I think it's like over three hours, and I just don't remember that. I, mean, I As a kid, I don't remember that either. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's crazy. Maybe I, I haven't seen the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy long, which is just crazy for a comedy. Yeah, and then lastly, Yafet Koto Kato um, plays Doc, the other the the doctor at the yeah, juvenile yeah. place. He is an alien. Um, also, Homicide, Life on the Street, Midnight Run, Live and Let Die, Alien Isolation. So, in Alien, he plays Parker. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm not going to get into it, but. Roseanne Barr's in this movie for some reason. Yeah. And Tom Arnold. Which was very, very weird. Yeah. And distracting. Not good, not good cameo work. The casting is awful in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Johnny Depp is billed as guy on TV. <laughs> which is weird. Yeah. I will say though, I think um what it, what was the guy from Aliens name? Doc? Or Yafet Yafet Kato? Yafet Kato? He, I actually thought, was great. He was, he was, he like was so good dialed in, in. Yeah. Absolutely not a single other person was. Well, Robert Anglin actually was. Yeah. Especially as, um, as Freddy, not the monster. Yeah. I liked his performance, too. It totally. It was really scary. Scary? Creepy. It was, yeah, it, yeah. It was creepy, man. Um, but yeah, this movie. Yeah. We start with, uh, I forget though a quote from Nietzsche. Quote from Nietzsche, yeah. And then a f- quote from Freddy. And, and the fr- it's it is <laughs> it, it's prime time, bitch. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, right off the bat, looking looking at this, and I, I don't think that this makes this movie good. Okay, I'm not saying this, but knowing that they are willingly saying that, like, we went into this going for a more humorous approach. It's kind of like, okay, that actually explains a lot of the the parts in the movie where I, much like a dog when they hear a weird sound, tilted my head and looked <laughs> at the screen like, what are we doing here? Yeah, I guess so. So something like that, that is kind of a statement like, okay, we did Nietzsche, and now we're t- quoting Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm. That's very silly. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't think the intent gets... It, 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 I don't think it's the right approach, but knowing that I think helps me forgive they some of it. They did start it that way. Yeah. But we then go to um, a map of the United <laughs> yeah, States. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's weird because it's like, it seems like it's like a, you know, a espionage political thriller type, like 
Well, it reminded me of Escape from New York, like all the yeah. stuff that they use when they're explaining the prison and all that stuff. But it's nothing like that. It's just <laughs> oh, so bad. But that's when it says it's for some reason ten years in the ten future. Ten years in the future. In some place called Springwood, um, all the children have died or disappeared or died. There, there's mass suicide. Mass that's what suicides, they <laughs> and the so it's like now a well, there's one child left, who was our John Doe. But oh, um, okay, yeah. The parents are like going crazy. The the part so the part that does intrigue me. That I mean that the, I guess that part does kind of intrigue me. I don't know why it's Springwood because from to me I don't know if they've ever said that what this town is. From yeah. at, at any point, so it's like, did he just pick a random town? Because it you know originally he was targeting children of parents. Yeah, and I know that's evolved over time, but it just is like seems so out of left field for me, but it is interesting of like all the children going away and all the parents going crazy. Yeah. Uh, it is, it is Springwood, Ohio is, is what it, you know, if you look it up, but that's the town it's from. Okay. Not, the, like Elm street. Don't think they've ever explicitly said it. So it just felt weird. It did feel weird. Um, I am realizing I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off, uh, that I didn't mention anyone who made the movie. Oh. So uh, <laughs> it's directed by Rachel Talley, who um, has done Tank Girl, which apparently is a kind of a, a cult classic. Hmm. Um, Ghost in the Machine, 1993. Uh, not, not the anime, though. That's Ghost in the Shell. Ghost in the Shell, that's what I'm thinking of. And she's done a, quite a bit of TV, um, including like Doctor Who... And uh, that's how she did Sherlock. Sure, yeah, Sherlock. So she, you know, she's she's doing stuff. Uh, Michael DeLuca did the screenplay. Um, Talalay did the story, and he has also done the Lawnmower Man short film, uh, in the Mouth of Madness, and Judge Dredd. In the Mouth of Madness, the John Carpenter movie. Yeah, the hmm. the one that's like basically about if Stephen King. Mm-hmm was real because it's about the author mm. kind of if Stephen King was real you don't think he's real <laughs> well <laughs> yeah. if his stories are real right right um that movie's weird but I like it I thought you didn't like that movie. I know but I kind of look back on it it's like it's an interesting movie I, I I think that movie rocks There's weird stuff with the lady I remember I mean it's certainly it's not it's not um I mean it's no the thing no or Halloween or something it's like way that. better than the fog but yeah, it's I mean it's like a total B plus John Carpenter movie. Yeah. It's really cool. Sam Neill's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh cinematographer is Declan Quinn, who uh he's done Leaving Las Vegas, uh twenty eight oh, I was thinking it was twenty eight days later. It's a movie called Twenty Eight Days. Uh Rachel Getting Married. Wait, the one with Sandra Bullock. Uh probably and rehab. Yep. Yeah, it is. Is that good? I think there's like an office joke about it where someone mistakenly saw 28 days later instead of that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. I've never seen it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rachel getting married. Uh, of course, hot tub time machine too. So he's get, he gets around and then Brian may is the music and it is not Brian may from queen. Uh, that is right here at the top. Not to be confused with Brian may, the British musician and queen band guitarist. Uh, let's see filmography. Oh yes. We talked about him 
on our second series we ever covered because he did the score for Mad Max. Whoa, cool. Yeah, and Mad Max 2, and I don't... Yeah, he didn't do Mad Max 3, it looks like. But yeah, so we talked about him. Uh, the budget of the movie is nine, somewhere between 9 and $11 million, although on the numbers it says $5 million. So Wikipedia says 9 to 11, on the numbers it says 5. And it did make 34 Point eight million at the box money. office. So, I mean, that's. Can we just say it again that that I w- other genres besides horror should try to make movies that don't have a huge budget? Yeah, we found out the budget of Barbarian. Have we talked about that? Yeah, yeah. What was it? It was two, right? Oh yeah, you told me it was a number that seemed impossible. Yeah, yeah. It uh, seemed impossible to make a movie in 2022 for that little money. Yeah, let me just double check here. I, I think it was oh 4.5 million. That is still so little. <laughs> nah, to, I know. To say five million for the the Freddy movie, that still seems pretty low even for the time. Uh huh. But but it is a little bit more understandable. 4.5 in 2022. Okay, fine. 2021. Whenever they shot the movie. I actually don't understand how they did that. It yeah. made it look that good. Yeah. And they had, you know, they had effects and makeup. They got Justin Long. I don't know. Spoiler alert. But uh, he's in the trailer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I, 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 I wonder, it would be so fascinating to see a breakdown of like Barbarian's budget and like even like an Ant Man, like the first Ant Man, which I'd assume has a lower budget than most of Marvel movies. Yeah. Because I just wonder, I wonder how much a, you know, you're getting the same cast over and over and they're becoming big actors. You know, if you hire Tom Cruise for a movie, it's not going to be a, it can't be a low budget movie. Mm -hmm. Same with now the Marvel actors, basically, unless they're doing something non-Marvel, in which case sometimes they don't mind doing that. And then I just wonder, I wonder how much CGI really costs. Yeah. Like the true, but like if I could look at how much of the, you know, $250 million budget or whatever it was on Avengers Endgame, how much of that was spent on special effects and how much was Mm -hmm. actors before even talking about directors or anything? Because, I mean, that's got to be like probably most of those movies, that's got to eat up like $100 million of the budget right there. Yeah, that's true. We did just watch Bandits for the first time, and we were talking about that. Yeah, that's with Billy Bob Thornton, Bruce Willis, and Kate Blanchett, and it was our first time, and it was a very fun movie. Yeah, it's um, fun. Seventy-five million dollar budget, it made sixty-six million. He made sixty. Okay, so a huge flop. Yeah, and something I thought of this movie came out in the nineties, um, and I, I just we like, might have those numbers wrong, but yeah. it's we're in the ballpark. The first thing I thought of was, did it need to be $75 million? Yeah. I, I just don't know. I know that those actors... Didn't look like it was $75 million. No, not at all. And the I know like those actors are pretty like big at that point, especially Bruce Willis and yeah. probably Billy Bob Thornton. Um, but it, I just don't know if that movie needed to be that expensive. No. If it had been like $20 million less expensive or even like 30 I don't know how much would be different based on like, yeah. like, like where did the money go? I mean, it's gotta be Bruce, right? But apparently he'll do something for 1 million. No, no, no. He'll do it a million a day was what oh, he was doing. I don't think he was doing that back then. No, 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 no. Um, um let's see. What, what, what was the other actor? I'm Billy told, Bob Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton. I, Cause I wonder if he had just come off of his 
Was it a win or? I don't remember if he won. You're talking about Sling Blade. Oscar winner. Or okay, let's see. I mean, because Sling Blade, he he definitely was nominated. Um, yeah, yeah, he was nominated and he won for best writing. On that movie. Yeah. Oh. Um. So that would have been 1996, and let's see what he did. What year was Bandits? I feel like it was before that. Oh no, no, it was it was like 2000. Oh okay. Or 2001. Yeah, yeah, it's 2001. So I could see how he would also probably be pretty expensive as well. But it it seems like I mean. I, I don't and I don't know the, about this about Kate Blanchett, but she has such a like versatile career and one that's full of so much indie stuff, like consistently doing independent movies. And this year coming out with Tar, which can't have had that big of a budget. Let's see. Has she not been nominated? She was nominated for Blue Jasmine. She won for Blue Jasmine. That's right. Okay, they don't have the budget. Hmm. I would be interested to know. Oh that. wait, that's a different movie. Yeah, I, I would be really interested about that. But but it's just like she I, I don't think she would have been the one that would have ate up the budget for bandits. Yeah. Unless unless, you know, try in, in for the sake of equality, they, they were able to I mean, I say go for it if she can try and get her price tag up to those 2001? guys. I don't think so. Yeah. Cause that would be like just as Lord of the Rings is gonna come out. So mm-hmm. yeah. How did we get there? Oh, just how, like, Barbarian's budget's so small, this movie's budget is so small, but this movie made so much money. Yeah. Relative to the budget. Well, it's, yeah, we're and just... it's just a horror thing. Right. We're, we're just in this weird time where... And and I think studios, I think through the pandemic, I think they ha- they're starting to be like, we have to figure something else out. We Well, it doesn't seem like Disney's learning, but... It's like Disney has to wait for months until they release a new thing, even though they own so many studios. And it's like, sure, keep your four Marvel temples, but put out more movies and and just have lower budgets. And you have like 20th Century Fox. You have all this other stuff like you should be putting out movies all the time. Yeah. But But then it's like. But everything has to be an event. It has to be an event and it has to be an event that like breaks records or it doesn't make money. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do we live in a world where Hobbs and Shaw made s- over $700 million at the box office and it, it probably barely made its money back. Mm-hmm. That's like the system is broken. If that's, if that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just take a, take some budgets that's a system, down though. Where whenever it crumbles, it'll be great to see it fall. I mean, I guess <laughs> yeah. that's kind of how it is for a lot of systems, but this one doesn't really affect me. Right. So it hurts less to see what's happening. Cause I still think we're getting good movies. Um, yeah. but it, it is like at, at one point, at what point is it enough? Like you have to start saying no to actors who have like the, right. the biggest bill and then like properties that you think you need so much money for. Yeah. Well, and, and it's it's such a weird, it's it's so weird. I mean, uh, we talk about Marvel so much, but they own the world and media right now. But it's just weird that we live in a world where they're they're you know they're putting out so many of these Marvel shows, and they look pretty good, but they but don't. Some of them look wrong. Like She Hulk should not have looked like it looked, 
It should have looked. It, it's all cinematography, lighting, all of it should have looked whatever the, t- the the funny tone it was, but it wasn't. Yeah. It looked really wrong. Yeah. And and it's like, I think it was probably more expensive than, I, I would think that it would cost less to build like the three or four sets they needed for that show. Yeah. Because I, I mean, there's a couple sets that were real, like her house, you could tell. Yeah. But, you know, some of the other stuff, it's like, if you'd have just built a set and were in that set, and constrained yourself to writing stuff like this because you said this was going to be a comedy, mm-hmm. like a la Friends kind of a thing. If you stuck to those constraints, it, it, it would it would it would also help the material mm-hmm. rather than being like, well, it does have to be as epic as WandaVision. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. She's just a lawyer, and that's awesome. Yeah, and she's just trying to get a date. I don't know. That's good. Although you've you've probably heard our opinion because I have it on my notes when Black Panther comes out that we need to do a little roundup on the Disney Plus mm-hmm. shows. Well, let's stop talking about Disney. Yeah. Let's get into this movie. Yeah. So kids are dying, and then uh... and it's uh, again it's inexplicably ten years in the future, and it's not like they're it's not like um there's no reason for it. Yeah, it's not like they have weird cell phones or something like that. It's just ten years in the future. They just felt the need to separate themselves from the last movie, I guess. Yeah. Um. So we see our John Doe is on a plane and there's a storm and he doesn't do well on planes. And then the storm's freaking him out. And then the lady sitting next to tells him to stop being a pussy. Yeah. And then she, Jordan. Like, well, I'm quoting the movie. I know. Um, and she falls out of the plane and then eventually he falls out of the plane. All the effects look cool here. Yeah. I think it's a cool sequence. Um, when it didn't make me realize in a fun way, it was like, oh, I've never, we haven't seen this sort of a nightmare where no. it's like outside of the person's like control, I guess. Well, it's always outside of their well, control. No, no, I know, but it's like they're usually in a house and then it kind of starts there. And so um, it was fun that it was, they're up in a plane. Yes. Although I do think it would have been cooler if he woke up and he was in a plane instead of in a house, like flying over um, Springwood or something. Wasn't wasn't he trying to get out of the plane of the of the of the town yeah so maybe he was on a plane i don't think so because i think he wakes up and runs outside at some point and he's like until when we got back to reality honestly yeah you're right you're right but uh he falls back to earth and then i think he wakes up in his bed but he's still in the dream yeah and then the house is falling now yeah, and he opens the window, and Freddy is on a witch's broom. So yes. then we get into Wizard of Oz stuff, which I thought was fun. Cause That's the house, smart. Yeah, and very smart. The house crash lands on on Earth, and it's just, they should have just added some legs under the house. Oh, yeah. But then he's still, he's trying to get a bus out of town. Right. And then he gets hit by a bus, and then... It's hard to well, okay. We must not forget the hot rod tumble, where he trips down a hill and he fall. <sighs> he falls. I'm not kidding you, folks. For longer than hot rod falls in he the falls movie Hot for Rod. So long. And there's a couple of them where you can see the stunt man like do, jumping his into momentum. his somersaults yeah. and stuff, and it goes on for so long. Very long time. Oh, it's so funny. It's very funny. Then he gets hit by Freddy Bus. And then the Freddy bus like hits him awake, basically. Yeah. Um, and I wrote there are already too many VFX. 
Oh, yeah. I don't disagree with that. And then I also felt right after this was, oh, they're getting into the weeds on this movie. Yeah. By so what? Like they're really gonna? They really are going to? For some reason, they have some need to explain a lot, and they do explain a lot. And it's like, not only does it not really make sense, it's boring. Yeah. Wait, can you can you be specific with your examples? Well, I can't since it's been a couple days since we've watched it. What? No, um, we, wa- I we can't just remember watched it. exactly why this first sequence made me think that. But I, I feel like it's stuff that maybe Freddie said to him or something. Um, oh yeah, because I think he like pushes him into the world, and he's like, oh, "Okay, like bring now him to me or something." Yeah, yeah, and yeah, you're right because you were kind of like, "Oh boy, here we go." Yeah, and yeah. then as the movie goes, it's like, oh, "Gosh, pick a lane." Right. I wish they would have gone with. Basically, I, I I think I mean I like the Peter Jackson idea the most. Yeah, it's cool. But if you're gonna do this, I think it would have been cool. If they did basically just do the Wizard of Oz and just make it like Freddy Krueger is the Wicked the w- Wicked Witch of the West slash maybe he's uh what's the guy uh, he's Oz yeah and they they just have to follow the yellow brick road to get out of their dream someone's in a coma and their coma is that they're it's Freddy nightmare so it's a twisted Wizard of Oz tale. Yeah, I think that would have been freaking cool. Yeah. Um, and that movie already has nightmare fuel to it, but mm-hmm. you had Freddy doing that? Freddy is a flying monkey? Come on. Into it. That would have been cool. But then we go to the youth shelter. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he is picked up. He, like, wakes yeah. up, and all he ha- he's got, like, 60 bucks to his name, which he doesn't remember. And a newspaper clicking, clipping about Amanda Kruger still being missing or something. Uh-huh. Wow, this makes so little sense on a lot of... Well, okay. Yeah, and then he gets picked up. Well, was it? Taken to the youth center. <laughs> Wasn't Freddy Krueger's mom's name Amanda? Wasn't it? And is I'm it, looking in, it up. In this movie, is What's a, the last movie? Dream Child? The Dream Child. Yeah, the Dream Child. But... And then in this movie, isn't this Amanda Kruger? Isn't it his yeah. his wife that yeah. they're talking about? What? What? Uh, yeah, that's kind of a strange thing. What do you got? Amanda Kruger. Yeah. Is what the mom? They, what do they think they're doing? But is it the wife in this one, or is it like no? Because everybody no, it knows. is because he kills his wife. Yeah, that's weird. I think it makes, well, it's not, I shouldn't say it makes no sense. I, I think it is dumb that he has a wife and kid. I don't know. I think that's just not a good story. I'm kind of conflicted about it. Yeah. It's, I mean, when a story takes, I know that, okay, you know, we are talking about a series that by the creators and by the inferences in the movie is literally about a child molesting child killer. But when they when they flirt really close and are more graphic about it, even though these scenes actually aren't graphic, that that's when to me, just as a viewer, like any time a movie heads down that route, it doesn't really matter what genre or whatever. I'm always like, do we have to do this? Yeah. Um, and that's not necessarily an indictment on people writing stories like that. Yeah. Um, I don't really know how to handle that kind of material because it's just so delicate. Yeah. Um, but having said that. Um, if I, if I put aside the fact that it, I, I just don't like seeing that 
type of story told usually. Um, this, it, it is sort of interesting. And I, and I do think, like you mentioned, Robert England is so good in it that the sequence where he's killing the wife and then, you know, he has the basement full of stuff. It's certainly, it's certainly interesting. It's the, in, the most interesting thing this movie is doing. Uh, I don't really think so. You don't think so? I like, don't, don't buy a second of it. Yeah. Personally. Do I mean, do you have a reasoning for it or not that you have to, but I just think it's not the right. I just think it's not well-written, I guess. Yeah. And it's not the right story. I, Freddy Krueger is just so zany. And I, obviously he did terrible things from the beginning. Right. We know that. Um, but he's, he's so zany and stuff that it's like, I don't, I don't need to know the, who the real Freddy Krueger was. Right. I don't need to see flashbacks of him being a father and a husband. I just don't need it. Yeah. I don't know. Right. I know it's, and we've already spent so much. We've already spent a few movies on Freddie's, uh, background already, specifically how he was conceived and yeah. who his mom was and stuff that it's like, and then you're going to add on top of it that he had a family. It's like, I think we had enough with the other stuff. Yeah. I think that's how I feel. When it is, it is, I don't know if it's odd because I don't know how canonized the show is. Yeah. But in this movie, it shows when he's attacked and burned briefly, like people throw bottles of, of fire into his house. Molotov cocktail. Yeah. Okay. I don't or, remember yeah, that. Not bottles of fire, Molotov cocktails. Yeah. It's like a very brief cutaway. And in the show, the scene where they show that is plays out much differently. Um, I don't know that you have to be beholden to a pilot that no one ever saw, but yeah, I was kind of like, oh, okay, so this is different than that show where I watched that episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's it's that weird thing. It's it's hard to define for me. Sometimes it where where it's like, you know, Nurse Ratchet. I don't need to sympathize with her. I don't care. Same. Yeah. Right. And I have since found I don't need to sympathize with Joker. I don't care. Yeah. But then it's like, well, that's actually a really good example. Joker is zany and fun. Even the Dark Knight stuff, he's zany and fun. I know he's really grim. I know yeah. we've talked about this to death, but he's also zany and fun. And they flirt with what his backstory is because yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, and that's just the perfect, like that. That's what I wanted from that character. Yeah. And then when they make a movie about Joker, it's like I never wanted this. Right. Right. But then there's there's so many other characters, like um, I mean I I think um, not not uh not Ultron uh well Ultron but but uh, uh Endgame what's his name Thanos yeah like it's nice to know why he is the way he is because the movie doesn't really work without that no and also I don't think a lot of people knew who he was I mean I yeah, know comic yeah. book fans did and they were leading up to this character for years but for me I don't know who that guy is he's just purple yeah so. I think Freddie weirdly kind of, uh, he kind of aligns in the middle of both of those two options for me, where it's like, I, because I like the, I mean, it, it grosses me out and I don't like it, but I like the backstory of the, you know, his mother and then all the, like, the family coming and killing him, because it's like, that's the human man. And then he, now he's transcended into this entity. Yeah. I guess um, I sorry. so 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 I do like that for him, and I'm not really sure why. I guess I, I think I can't buy that this man had humanity because in the last several movies they've t 
time and time again proven that he doesn't because uh-huh. he was, you know, I, I don't think that, I, I think this is kind of dumb too, but like he's conceived by a hundred maniacs Yeah, and his mom, you know, it was just all an abomination and a disgrace and terrible and disgusting. And that we didn't get anything beyond that, like how he grew up or anything. Yeah. Um, we knew what he did later in life, but right. Um, I, I think like, there was even at, in those types of backstories with him, there was never humanity given to him. So then in this movie, and I don't even think, I think the writing's so bad they didn't even know that they were yeah. doing it, that him having a wife and a kid gives him humanity. And it's like, I don't need Freddy Krueger to have that. Yeah. And I, I don't think for a second they're trying to get you to sympathize with him. I don't know. Maybe they are. Cause they do show him being abused, but like, yeah, but it doesn't come across as sympathetic. No, it's just, in that Cause way. he's, he's like, I like it, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, I, none of this works. None of this works. Yeah. I kind of, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I just, upon reflection, maybe I like the idea more than the execution. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but then on top of all that, I, I don't like the daughter thing at all. Yeah. It's awful. I think, I think it is interesting if he had a daughter I don't think it's interesting that she's introduced in this movie as an adult and kills Freddy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just—I mean, it's a so weird thing. Yeah, it's the weird thing that this that the series does struggle with is that Nancy is the final girl, and and you relate to her, and then uh, you get through the second one, which is just random and kind of doesn't exist, and then the third one, Nancy's back, she dies. But we have Patricia Arquette, who seems to kind of, like, portray that. And then they're kind of like, what about this Alice girl? You guys like her, right? And it's like, not really. She doesn't actually have any connection to Freddy. And then now it's like, well, this person has a connection because she's family. Which brings up something else. What? Uh, Do you think... uh, Well, I think that there's... Do you think... What do you think about like reveals about family members? I know this is a big question. It really depends, but I think it can be a crutch and weak writing. Okay, yeah. But I can't think of a of another example right now, but do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, the the ultimate example as far as you know, if we're talking outside of like Greek mythology or something like that is, um, you know, Luke, I am your father. Amazing. You know, that, that's an amazing twist and it's great. Um, I think that works because Luke didn't even know who he was. Like he didn't know his past very much. And I think they established that. Yeah. But, but I think, I mean, even within that same series, then the next movie you have, he finds out that Leia's his sister. Leia's his sister. And, I still like that. I still think it works, but it is kind of like you can almost hear George Lucas being like, well, I want to trick him again. Yeah. And it's like, well, you shouldn't have tried to top that twist because this isn't as crazy of a twist. Um, It just I I think the more I read comics like that kind of stuff happens a lot where it's like, oh, Spider-Man has a, a long lost sister or something. And I'm like, I don't care about that. Or like. I mean, I talking specifically Spider-Man, like, let's explain what happened to his parents. And it's like, I don't care about that. Yeah. I, I like the simplicity of he's just like me. For comic books, it feels like it's because they're running out of ideas. Yeah, it's it is it is a crutch. And and so I think with franchises, the further you get, I mean, maybe this is a, a rule of thumb, too. Like like this this woman is just invented 
and it feels invented. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because we, the premise is this town, all the kids have died, but one is left and he is found and he has amnesia. So he doesn't remember who he is or where he comes from. And this woman, or, or he's taken to a youth shelter that happens to be run by this lady. Yeah. Who happens to be Freddie's daughter. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. It's just, it's just, I think it like, especially doesn't work when it's like coincidence. Like right. it feels forced. Like what you're saying. Right. But then, yeah. Yeah. And then, but what's weird is like, if you think of Thor stuff, like I think because those stories are supposed to be gods and epic and empires and kingdoms, like having familial stuff like between Loki and Thor is interesting. That's, that's not a twist though. Right. Yeah. That, yeah, that's true. Um, it, yeah, it's just it struck me in this movie as as uh it felt like a lazy lazy thing to do. Um but but I think they are hands tied. They're like, "Well, we can't bring back an old character and have them kill Freddy." That's why for your sixth movie, just why do you have to make it personal? Well, this time it's personal. <laughs> Doesn't have to be. Yeah. I know that it can be horror movies can be scary like are scarier when it's personal i guess i don't know yeah but well yeah that's not always true though actually i mean i I, but at the end of the day i mean this this is what happens when you make six movies i mean is there a six movie series that every entry is good oh totally yeah i mean this might be the closest to six movies that i enjoy watching same same and i didn't really enjoy this one but it's still like the other five are pretty watchable yeah and th- this isn't unwatchable. It just is a little boring. Oh, I didn't like it. <laughs> it was so boring. <laughs> so John Doe gets taken to the youth shelter. Where we meet um, John from Garfield. Yep. Um, his dad is overbearing and wants him to be just like him. And he's a stoner. Which and is going to have a big payoff yeah. later. <laughs> and then Tracy um, is aggressive. Dev- I mean, not she. she was abused by her dad sexually so it's like she is um she is a fighter you know yeah going through that trauma working through it and then um carlos i believe so um he i don't remember what i mean i think you know he's also in the youth shelter he's got you i think he's like half deaf yeah um so that's our our crew now speaking of carlos I could totally be wrong, and I don't know. Maybe I don't know this history here, but I do feel like this movie's ahead of the curve on dealing with hearing loss in in an interesting way sonically. Yeah. Um, because when he takes out his headphone or not his headphones, his hearing aid, the the sound completely drops out, and I I can't think of any movie that did that. Uh, up to this point in time. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, I've not seen every movie, so maybe there's some examples. I'd be interested if you, anyone knew who's not listening. Not popular examples. Yeah, but I mean, that felt like kind of in, invigorating, and I think his I think his death scene is awesome. It's cool. Yeah, I like it too. Um, and and it's very inventive in the sound design and just showing that experience. Uh, and, let's, and let's get to it. Yeah, we gotta yeah. get through this movie. Right, right, right. right. Um, so. Yeah, so then we get the girl. I already forget her name. Do you remember? Um, no, I I actually am not sure who you're talking about. The, <laughs> Freddie's daughter. Oh, we can call her Freddie's daughter. No, oh no, it's Maggie. Ka- Catherine. Oh, it says Maggie. Oh, well, we find out later. It's Catherine. Okay, well, 
We start, well, she's adopted. Yeah. So, um, we could call her Catherine. So she runs the youth shelter. She's checking in John Doe. John Doe don't know who he is. And uh. then she goes and talks to doc who is like the therapist. He meets with the kids. Um, but he mentions these dream demons. Yeah, he's trying to do dream therapy with kids to help uh, work through their trauma. And then, yeah, he mentions dream demons. What boy is that payoff? Such a letdown. Um, but they were in 3D, so I think it was pretty cool. Yeah. At least they were in 3D. Mm-hmm. And then what happens after that? So I wrote <laughs> Waking Up Dream Stairs, Blurring Reality. <laughs> and I don't know what I that means. I think that's when um, John Doe's sleep, uh, sleepwalking. And it's oh, he's yeah. like walking upstairs in the dream, but he's walking through the halls and he starts like walking in the air, which right. did not look good. And I think that's a product of the time. Yeah, I said effects. out loud, oof. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then now they're like, okay, we got to take <laughs> Maggie slash Kath- Catherine is like, here's what we got to do. You are an amnesiac. You you have amnesia. Actually, I think amnesiac's not a word, but it is a Radiohead album, so we're going to use it. You're an amnesiac, and here's what we're going to do. We're going to take you back to Springwood because I saw an article clipping about Amanda Kruger, and that's going to jog your memory. We're going to take this van, and we're going to drive out there. Two miles just, away, by the way. Just you and me. Did you catch that? Two it, miles so away. So it was only two miles away? That's what the sign said. Okay, I didn't catch that. I'm pretty sure it's at two miles. Yeah. Um, and then there there's weak, there is some sexual tension between her. That, well, that's why the casting's all off. She is way too young and he is way too old to where you, you don't if, if these characters are not supposed to hook up, right. you should not make us think that they could. That is yeah. like cast that's gotta be like casting well to one or something. Right. It, it is all wrong. It's very weird. Cause the whole movie I was like they're they're gonna kiss, right? Yeah. When do they bone? <laughs> Vulgar, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when you watch This Is the End the night before. Jordan starts saying things like that. Um so then Can tell people we watch that movie. Oh, should we not? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an open book with the movies I've seen. And the book is now closed. <laughs> so the, they're driving over there and then John Arbuckle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um Tracy. Tracy Carlos. and Carlos are in the van and they were gonna sneak away. Mm-hmm. Now what I, I just had such a hard time getting over this is Maggie's like, Oh my gosh, why did you guys come here? That's crazy. You guys take the van back to the youth center. Yeah, you know what? You guys are in a lot of trouble. Drive the van back. I'm giving you huh? I'm giving you the keys and I'm trusting you to go back. Yeah. Dumb. She's and bad at her job. She's got bad ideas. She does. And and here's here's another like missed opportunity I thought in the movie. So the the kids are trying to drive back. Well, we got the fair scene. Well, we'll come back to okay. it. The kids are trying to drive back and Carlos is opening his map. I kind of like that he like can't figure it out even though it's pretty goofy. Again, it's Well, you can't it's figure it out because he's sleeping. Right. Right. But they're the, <laughs> Micah. They're driving around and they can't get out of the town. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, okay, this is sort of interesting because I think all five of them are like asleep somewhere in this movie and they are like stuck in a town that's like a dream town or something. Yeah. 
And I thought that's interesting. That's As, real. Like, what if this is this is pretty out there? But all of these these kids have gone missing slash suicide is what people are claiming it to be in this town. And the parents have gone crazy. Uh-huh. But all these kids have kept talking about Fred Krueger. So these parents are like, let's all inception fall asleep together. Like all hook in uh-huh. and fall asleep together. Um, so because maybe we can find our kids in, in this dream that all of them kept talking about before dying. <laughs> That's so then the town becomes a little dream world. And then we go into what you're saying. Yeah. That's it's the power of the parents dreaming that sucks <laughs> them in. It's well, just like WandaVision. Right, right. Actually, that's a good example. Yeah, um, but but because it's kind of like earlier in the movie, he says like, "Bring them to me," and there's there is this blurring of reality between mm-hmm. the dream and and our world. So I thought, okay, this town like is a dream sleep town, and they drove into it, and now they're stuck in their like subconscious. Mm-hmm. But they were just stuck; they couldn't drive out. Well, I think it was. I think it had something to do with Freddie, but no, I know. But I mean, like by yeah. the logic of the movie, they they were just they couldn't figure it out. Yeah, because no no one was asleep. Yeah. So, but they're at this fair. There's no kids there, which is a little creepy. Really, like a ton of creepy clowns, rotting food. Roseanne um, and Tom Arnold come up to the kids and are like kissing them. And it's like, oh my gosh, be my child. Oh my gosh. And then they go away. That's it for Roseanne. Yeah. And and I, it's something we should mention is our dog Gilmore loved this movie. Oh, yeah. It he was, could not take his eyes off. It was him. weird because he's not. He doesn't really watch the TV. He'll usually look up maybe once a movie at the most. You watch Star Wars. Yeah, he did like Star Wars, but he was like, it was weird. He was watching this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I, it kind of freaked me out a little mm-hmm. bit because he was. Cause what I'll, frequency was it at that it was working for him? Yeah, I don't know, but but there's something about. I mean, I don't know about other dogs, but at least our dog. It's like the expression is gone from his face and he's just staring and it, it looks like he's he's one second away from either falling asleep or jumping off the couch and screaming, barking. <laughs> and so, so keep on turning and seeing him just watching this movie kind of head a little bit lowered and looking up at the TV was very strange. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then they're they're walking through the town. They find a man who teaches the class Freddy 101 to no children. Uh, Freddy had a kid in 1966, and it was taken to an orphanage. And he's like, John Doe goes, I'm that kid, so I can help kill Freddy. What, what's also kind of weird about this movie is I kind of appreciate it because we have seen five movies, but at the same time, it's weird that all the characters are like, oh, yeah, Freddy Krueger, okay, yeah, he does all the stuff. Yeah, we get it. Like, there, there was... Everyone's so accepting. Well, everyone's just like, oh, yeah, Freddy Krueger, duh. Like, people who don't even live in the town, like, like our main core, no, no one is, like, disbelieving th- of the situation. They were very disbelieving in the last movie. Her friends were. Yeah, in the last movie. I'm talking about this movie. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you meant every movie. No, I'm saying I, I kind of yeah, 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 appreciate yeah. that we skipped that because yeah. we've seen five movies. I get you. I get you. Yeah. But it's kind of weird in this movie because there's a guy teaching a class on Freddy and it's like, how does anyone know about this? Because uh-huh. parents don't believe in Freddy. That's kind of one of the things. But when all the kids go. Right. Uh, yeah. It's just kind of weird. Yeah. But um, yeah, so John Doe thinks he is the son. So then they go to the orphanage, I guess, to confirm it. Um, yeah. And they... Meet with the lady, but she can't, like, give him information. They do find a little drawing that says, like, by Kay Kruger. 
And that's what I was like. Her name's going to be Catherine. Because you You said said Kathy, buddy. Well, yeah. Right. I mean, come on. I know. Uh, and, and you, you, cause you were like, oh, it's going to be the girl, not the guy. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you're right. And then I said, it's going to be Kathy. Yeah. And And we both were right. We were both right. Beautiful married couple. We are. (laughs) 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 Meanwhile, Carlos, Tracy, John Arbuckle are, they find an abandoned house to sleep in. And this is when we get Carlos's scene. And when they go into the house, it stretches and turns into the the house. That looks cool. That was great. So Carlos falls asleep, and he has this pretty wild dream where he he gets like his his hearing aid is is pulled out of his head or something, and then it's given to him again, and it like pulses. Well, before it's that, like a tick. before that, he like sees his mom, but then it, his mom turns into Freddy, and they're like, "Let me clean out your ear," and they take this really long Q-tip oh, and they yeah. shove it through his head, and it comes out the other ear. Yeah. Gross. Yeah, that was gross. Yeah, it was. Um, and then Freddie's like, uh, "No, no, not the chalkboard yet." He starts dropping needles, pin pin needles, mm-hmm. and and he's like scared that they're gonna blow up and like ruin his ears. Oh yeah, because sorry, I cut you off, but he got his hearing aid back, and it like amplifies noise. Yeah, and it, it's like a, it's like it's basically like a tick on his head because his head yeah. is like pulsing, and Ugh, it looks gross. gross and cool. Um. And then Freddy kills him by running his fingernails on a chalkboard and it blows up his head. Yep. Wild. Yeah. Love it. Um, and yeah, I, yeah, it's sort of ahead of its time as I far did, as the sound editing. Skip to John Arbuckles. I know there's stuff in between. Oh, but one second. I do want to say this is the worst looking Freddy we've had. Oh, yeah. He looks bad. And I, and I said he looks more like gra- uh, bad grandpa from Jackass mm-hmm. than Freddy. Yeah, he looks really bad. So, yeah, go ahead, though. Um, the next one is John Arbuckle. Yeah, but I think the stuff happens in between. Um, John Arbuckle is stoned out of his gourd watching TV. Yeah. The, well, he's watching a broken there's, TV. There's really an anti-weed agenda in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we get a fun cameo from Johnny Depp. This is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. And mm-hmm. he fries the egg. And then Freddy shows up and, like, kills him, uh, Johnny Depp, or yeah. you know, pushes him aside. Um. And then psychedelic colors yeah, and stuff. Yeah, a classic very, weed trip. Very yellow submarine, <laughs> uh, yellow or, or uh, colors come out yeah. and suck them into the TV. Not and, scary at all. Nope. And then he's like in a video game that Freddy's playing. Uh-huh. Continues not to be scary. Not only is it scary, it looks really bad. Yeah. And this this part of the movie goes on for way <laughs> too long. Way too long. And he he like... He's in the video game, and it's just one of those things where you go, couldn't you have done one more take? Because he starts fighting Freddy in the video game, and it looks really bad, and then he gets punched or something, but he hits, he hits like, a power-up, and then John Arbuckle's like, Super Spencer! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so bad. And then um, the Tracy's there, and then John Doe and maggie show up to help and john doe's like i can help him make me fall asleep knock me out and tracy's like i don't know how to what do you mean knock you out and then he hits her (laughs) and then she knocks him out i thought that was so dumb and then she just does a trance and falls asleep yeah um so there and 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 so i think you know if we if we want to like make this movie about something as we all know from our our wonderful episode on uh four where we had the B.O. boys on, we discussed how Freddy is like in auteur 
and he spend he must spend just hours and days like dreaming of how to take care of these people. So if he's an auteur, then this is like when an auteur just kind of loses it. <laughs> okay. So this is the story of like when an artist makes that project and it just doesn't hit anymore. Mm. So that's what this movie's really about. And in that regard, very clever movie. It, it one one can only think if one was to make another movie in the series, they'd need to get the original creator back to make it a <laughs> oh, good one. Man. Oh man. So yeah, um, now John Arbuckle is bouncing up and down in the house, and there's like a Scooby Doo hallway oh, gag. It's so bad. Yeah. So then, like Tracy and John are like trying to fight Freddy in the dream. I don't know. And and so they do do a callback that makes me feel like okay, two is canonized because in the video game, Freddy uses a towel as a weapon yeah. and starts <laughs> like whipping him with the towel, just like he killed the gym coach. In one of the funniest scenes of all time in Freddy's Revenge. Um, and this is where I wrote, why did this movie need to be 10 years in the future? This is when I was like, okay. like <laughs> Now was when you're asking this question? Well, I thought it before, but I'm like, okay, they're not even using like futuristic games. No. <laughs> um, and then we find out that it's not a boy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, John finds this out and then like he dies. Yeah. He falls from the sky on like a bed of nails. And yeah. And then, yeah, he says, it's not a boy. It's, and then he dies. Right. And then, uh, no one remembers Carlos or Spencer when they come back to the, uh, youth shelter. Yeah. Why was that? He's like erasing them. I mean, that's just a thing they made up, but yeah, that's right. Yeah. Which just doesn't, I don't know. It just kind of the movie just doesn't one like. That's like why? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Freddie has his daughter flashback, or I mean, they show the daughter flashback. Yeah. Um, and then every town has an Elm Street. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Not really much of a payoff. Uh, then I wrote Tracy flashback. She has a flashback with her dad. Oh. Her, and yeah. she beats him up. Yeah. And that's all we got to say about that. So, yeah. So uh, Maggie slash Catherine officially finds out, goes back to her home with her mom and like find the adoption certificate, like confirms that she's adopted and is asking like, who were my parents? Yeah. And then, yeah, then we all figure it out. Um, I guess we learn more about Freddie, which we talked about earlier that we didn't need to know. Yeah, and and then the guy from Alien like has a dream, and he rips off a piece of his clothing and brings it back. So they go, okay, here's what we got to do: we have to bring Freddy into our world, and then we can kill him. Yeah, which I do think is sort of a clever idea because we've seen him die from so many other ways. Yes, but it it is not a good payoff because the problem is when Freddy is pulled out into our world, then he's no longer able to do creative stuff anymore. Yeah. So all the interesting, cool things he does are not there anymore. Yeah. So he's just like a man that's strong. Yep. Um, I do think his glove like flies around or something like that, but. But yeah, but not by itself. No. Okay. Okay. I think I'm getting that confused with maybe a movie we watched Mm -hmm. that's after this movie that we didn't have time yet to record this one. Um, So then the guy from Alien gives her 3D glasses. And it's like, put these on, and when you're in the dream world, they'll be whatever you want to be to see what you need to see. 
And they're literally they, like, you get there's there was footage in the doc of people like people at the theater being like, when she says, when when she's given the glasses, that's when you put on your 3D glasses, everybody. So you know, it's it's bad and it's kind of silly. It is kind of a fun gimmick though. Mm-hmm. I do kind of like it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they're, they're doing that, and then we see that uh, 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 son of. In Freddy's memories. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, you know what? No, I didn't like this part. Freddy has a memory where he's a kid. Oh, yeah, and he, like, kills a hamster. Yeah. And everyone's calling him, like... Son of a hundred maniacs. Son of a hundred maniacs. And then his dad is whipping him, who's Alice Cooper. And then the demon... Well, it's not his dad, because he's, like, an orphan. Or or he... It's, like, a foster situation. Oh, right, right. Yeah, you're right. And then the demon souls choose Freddy, and they're like, you are forever. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, this is even worse. Uh, so you're going to give me this man's backstory, to, I guess, for me to see how depraved he is. And then on top of all that, you're going to bring in some dream demons? I don't yeah. think so. Bad. Yeah. Really bad. It makes no sense. And I'm bored. Yeah. I. I yeah. And so then finally... Like she brings him out of the realm, and they fight. They just fight. him and her, and he's saying like, you know, don't hurt daddy and stuff like that. I hate it when people say daddy. I know, I know. And then, and then she blows him up, and he blows up in his head. Three D like flies at the screen and explodes, and then flies again <laughs> at the screen and explodes. Um, and then it's like we did it, and they show footage of all the previous movies to like show that we did the it. End. Yeah, just like they did it in Rocky Five. So, um, I mean, I mean, it's not very good. It's going to be so bad. But, uh. And I'm already, it's already starting to fade away <laughs> in my memory. But I do think, uh, here's what I'll say, and I was going to save this for next week, but we have watched New Nightmare. And I think that whatever needed to happen to bring the franchise to where New Nightmare needed to happen, I will gladly take. Because New Nightmare is unbelievable. And on top of that, there's just a couple of references and stuff that I thought, like, you know what? In retrospect, I like Freddy's The Final Nightmare because because of what this movie's doing. But you don't have to watch it again. No, I don't. But I do have to watch New Nightmare again. Mm Mm-hmm. So, we did it. Did we not? We did it. Freddy's dead. Freddy, we killed him. So, it's the month of December, folks. And that means you can go to patreon.com slash Micah McCaw and you can listen to our episode on James Cameron's Avatar. Wait, what month is it? It's December, folks. And uh, later this month, we'll be doing uh, Puss in Boots, the, The Last Wish. Sweet. Which will be fun. Yeah. Um, and then soon, probably, no, no, in a couple of weeks, we'll be announcing what our new series will be once we hit the new year. So. I already forgot. We haven't planned it yet. Oh, okay. We cool. have to figure it out, too. But don't tell them that on Mike. So thank you for listening. And please sign up for Patreon. And once again, I'll say it. Once we get to 50 patrons, we will launch another podcast called MPU Goes to Emeryville. And we will cover all of the Pixar movies that we have not covered. We're so scared from Freddy. Help us watch Pixar movies. Yeah, and there's not, there's not, I mean, as of this recording, we got 13 to go. 
But hopefully by the time this comes out, maybe we'll be there. I, I really was trying this whole year. I'm like, we got to get to 50. We got to get to 50. And we're getting close. So sign up. Please, you can sign up for as little as $3. So That's it. That is literally, these days, it is less than a cup of coffee. So just do it. $3 a month, and you get two extra podcasts once we get to 50. So see ya. See ya. One, two, spooky podcast for you. Three, four, lots of blood and gore. Five, six, Freddy's goofy tricks. Seven, eight, another deadly fame. Nine, ten, never podcast again.